Welcome to my Love Life Podcast, episode number 121, Soul Crushers. It's May 25th, 2023. I'm your host, Lisa A. Lundy, author, blogger, YouTuber, motivational speaker, and so on. I am also a member of the Newsweek Expert Forum. What I do is I help people be happy, healthy, and well-loved, even when life is extremely difficult. As my disclaimer, this podcast does not constitute medical or therapy advice in any way. My music is by Howie Moscovich. Soul Crushers. This is a very common experience and situation, which happens all over the place and something else that we are not talking about openly and commonly, in my opinion. And my point for this podcast is that you can have a soul-crushing experience and not have your soul crushed. That's the whole object of this podcast. And if your soul has been crushed, I've got lots of materials that will help you put yourself back together. So let's get going. If you happen to be new to my content, I hope you will visit my website at www.lisaalundy.com and enter my current giveaway. I will be changing the text shortly to have it be listed as a rolling giveaway so that when I start a new giveaway, people do not have to re-register. So I'm learning about that. Here's my disclaimer. I am not a healthcare professional. I am not a therapist in any capacity. And nothing that I say in this podcast or in my content in any format is designed or intended to be medical or therapy advice. It is not that. Now, if you happen to be listening to this podcast and you are feeling life is too hard for you, or perhaps you feel that you don't want to live anymore, or you are feeling suicidal, I am asking you to stop and call the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline at 1-800-273-8255. That number again is 1-800-273-8255. What I am asking you to do is I am asking you to tell people how you are feeling and take help. There is help available, and I promise you, People will help you. It might not be the people that you would like to help you or that you think should help you, but there is help available. This is a common issue and problem, and you can get through it with some support. So please do that. My next <clears throat> my next note is for the deaf and hard of hearing community. I currently have transcripts for all of my podcasts on my podcast hosting platform rss.com. Within a few hours of a new podcast being published and live, a new corresponding transcript will be generated. And eventually, my podcast transcripts will also be on my website. Currently, the transcripts are simply on the rss.com platform, but eventually, they will also be on my website. 
I am working to improve my pronunciation and enunciation and my flow of speaking in order that a more accurate transcript is generated for your use. I do ask for your patience. I, I hope I'm improving. I don't know. All right, so what do I mean by crush your soul? Well, we're going to start with the definition of soul according to the dictionary. And in the dictionary, soul, S-O-U-L, is a noun, meaning the immaterial essence, animating principle, or actuating cause of an individual life. It's also listed as the spiritual principle embodied in human beings, all rational and spiritual beings, or the universe. A person's total self, an active or essential part, the moral and emotional nature of human beings. For the purposes of this podcast, I am referring to soul as your essence, your spirit, or the essential part of yourself, which you could also look at as being your light, L-I-G-H-T. So the definition of crush, because we're talking about soul crushers, is a crush as a verb in the dictionary means to compress or squeeze forcefully so as to break, damage, or distort in shape. So for this podcast, when I'm talking about soul crushers, I am talking about the actions and activities to compress or squeeze or forcefully damage or distort your essence, your light, or your spirit. So, (sighs) crushing someone's soul also can be construed as trying to take someone down. And this can be done intentionally. It can be done unintentionally. In fact, frequently it's done unintentionally. And you do not have to have your soul crushed, even if someone goes through extraordinary efforts to crush your soul. So even if someone spends 20 years doing lying, being deceitful, and trying to crush your soul, you do not have to end up crushed. You do not have to have your soul crushed. And if your soul has been crushed, if you are listening to this podcast right now, in this moment, and you feel, yes, you know what? I think I think my soul has been crushed. Guess what? You can reignite or or bring back your light and bring back your soul if that's been crushed or damaged or distorted. And life and life does that to many people. It's not unreasonable if your soul has been crushed or distorted or damaged. It happens. And the more I get into this podcast pieces. I think you'll understand it happens in relationships. It happens in all kinds of environments. And in fact, every environment from families and friendships, platonic friendships, work environments, workplace environments, clubs, marriages, families, associations. It's just, there's no place that it's, that you're safe from this potential and it's only potential but it, it can happen. So the thing about being having your soul crushed is it's very painful. It's a very deeply painful experience, even just to watch it happen to another person. And the worst case, in my opinion, 
of someone having their soul crushed results in suicide. Worldwide, suicide is the fourth leading cause of death for young people between the ages of 15 and 29 years of age. In the United States, in an eight-year period from 2000 to 2018, prior to the pandemic, 2000 to 2018, suicide increased by 37%. So while there are many, many causes for suicide, and suicide cannot be neatly categorized, in my opinion, and based on my research, you know, there is this often underlying feeling or notion that someone just isn't deserving or worthy, or they don't matter, or they don't matter enough, or they, or they're not good enough, or nobody loves them, or the world would be better off if they were not in it. So it's my opinion and my hypothesis that some percentage of the suicides that are going on in the world are probably or very likely a result of a person having their soul crushed. I'm not trying to simplify suicide because it's complex, but I do think that having your soul crushed could be a very strong underlying issue with respect to suicide. So someone can engage in activities to attempt to crush your soul and maybe they'll be victorious or maybe not. It depends. And so the more you work on yourself and the more you grow and ensure that you are mentally and emotionally fit, the less likely it is that someone would be able to be victorious in crushing your soul, even if they spend 20 years doing it. And there are people who spend decades trying to crush the soul of another, sadly. So I'm going to break down soul crushing into a couple different little pieces before I get into some of the major components. For soul crushing, we have public soul crushing, which comes in the form of it happens on TV shows. It can play out at work, which would be a public. It's not work isn't public per se, but if it happens in the workplace, which I have seen on more than one occasion, it's public to the employees. Sometimes it's public to the customers, but it's it's not private one to one. So at work, in clubs, in organizations, in sport, sports, and all kinds of environments out in the world, not in a one to one private relationship soul-crushing activities can go on. Now, people who have the unfortunate experience of having a relationship with a psychopath or a narcissist or a sociopath or some other particular mental health conditions can then be subject to a public smear campaign or public humiliation done by the narcissist or psychopath or sociopath or what have you. And and even on TV, I saw this horrible, horrible soul-crushing experience happen to a person on a reality show that was just, it was so 
I, I probably will never forget. It was so upsetting. It was deeply troubling to me. So it can happen in a public setting or at work or in an organization where it's not like in the back door covert. But, but much of the soul-crushing activities and actions do actually go on in private. Private relationships, friendships, marriages, and families with parents, siblings, and others. And particularly if you are involved or were involved with a sociopath, narcissist, or psychopath, or some other mental health conditions, they will frequently, almost 100% of the time, engage in soul-crushing activities in private. And then out in public, they act as this completely nice woman or nice guy. They have a completely different public persona. Meanwhile, in the background, in private, they are engaging in very, very problematic activities that result in trauma for children, and it can involve adult traumas depending on what happened. So whether it happens in public or private, this is something that the more you understand, the more you can protect yourself, or if it's happened, the more you can heal. So the next two categories I have for soul crushing is intentional soul crushing and unintentional soul, soul crushing, which is an important distinction in my opinion. So when it's intentional, that happens when someone has an agenda. They may want to take your money. They may want to take your assets. They may use you or be using you as a cover for their immoral double life or their criminal actions. They want to extinguish your light. If it's intentional, they want to extinguish your light, your light and they want to take your power. They may want to take your happiness. This can also happen, so it can happen with narcissists, psychopaths, sociopaths, abusers, and deeply troubled people. It can also happen with fairly somewhat okay people who happen to be deeply jealous, envious, or resentful of you, which could simply be because you're happy, or it could simply be because you're very kind and they're not, or your success or your money or what have you. So one of the best books uh, that would support this topic, in my opinion, is a book by M. Scott Peck, MD, titled People of the Lie. So if you've been having a life where you've had this onslaught of someone trying to crush your soul or your soul's been crushed or you're dealing with this, that book might be helpful to you. And there are some people who are simply just paranoid and they engage in soul crushing activities because they're paranoid or because they're irrational or they lack self-awareness or they have addictions or for any number of reasons. But so there are intentional actions that are, they're very intentional to harm you. Tactics, you know, that it's usually under the umbrella of abuse and trauma, but these are intentional. Now I'm going to separate that out from unintentional soul crushing because there's a very big difference. The impact may be the same, but in my opinion, there's a difference whether it's intentional or unintentional. So uh, there are people who unintentionally 
engage in soul-crushing actions or statements or behaviors, and they're not literally trying to crush someone's soul. This is often the case with parents, siblings, co-workers, and other people. So it's not a malicious action. It can be very deeply troubling, traumatic, problematic, and soul-crushing, but it's not like with the same malice or maliciousness that someone who's doing it intentionally. And we are not talking about this publicly, in my opinion, just like we're not talking about a lot of things publicly, which would make a difference. So, for example, up to 80%, and I do mean up to 80% of young people are mistreated by their own sibling, mistreated or bullied. And that could be a soul-crushing experience for a young person. It could be. And it's actually likely. It actually could be a very deep trauma and a betrayal trauma. I mean, imagine being tormented and bullied every day in your own home by a sibling. Well, we don't really know because we're not talking about it. What's the impact of that? But it's usually not positive. So I do, I do, that's why I have a podcast titled Make Your Children Be Nice to Each Other, which you can listen to because I did that and I have been talking to people about this for years, possibly even be before I was a parent. And, and people have told me, oh, you're ridiculous. That's ridiculous. That's a ridiculous notion and a ridiculous idea that a parent should have to make their children be nice to each other. Well, guess what? It's not a ridiculous idea. It's an idea that is supported by the research in terms of the frequency of which maltreatment or bullying is going on, and that's that can be soul-crushing. And we also know from trauma research and the adverse childhood experiences research that bad things are happening to children that could fall under this, and I would assert do fall under this category of having your soul crushed. So, and isn't that, I speculate, that because we know we have 85% of the population, according to all reports, that's the number, up to 85% of the population has low self-esteem, is that a result of having a soul-crushing experience as a child or a young person? Well, hmm, it's certainly worth considering. It's a hypothesis, and I think possibly. So I want to give you some traits for people who could be soul crushers. Because there's some traits, they're not all going to be a psychopath or a narcissist or a sociopath or someone who has a serious mental health issue. And by the way, not all mental health issues cause bad behavior or cause people to be soul crushers. So some of the things that allow people to be engaging in soul crushing activities are number one, people who lack self-awareness. When a person lacks self-awareness, they will do things that they wouldn't do if they had self-awareness, number one, and they will do things that make, that make themselves look bad. They, like they throw themselves under the bus. I do have a podcast about throwing yourself under the bus. But 
so lacking self-awareness is one trait that can contribute or lead to soul-crushing activities. Lack of emotional abilities is another underpinning or reason that someone will engage in soul-crushing activities because people who lack emotional abilities usually, typically, are lacking self-regulation and self-control, and so sometimes they will act out because they lack emotional abilities, causing them to engage in soul-crushing activities. Irrational thinking is another underpinning or could be a cause for soul-crushing activities because when a person has irrational thinking, they actually think in a way that's distorted or warped or inaccurate, which then means their perceptions and thinking are warped, inaccurate, or flawed. So that can be another reason. Low self-esteem is not something, in my opinion, that we are really drilling down on and talking about. But my experience in working with people for decades is that low self-esteem is a lens or a filter through which everything in life goes through. And so someone who has low self-esteem, from my experience, will react differently than someone who has healthy or standalone self-esteem. By the way, standalone self-esteem is a made-up term that I made up. I'll maybe talk about that later, but that's a made-up term. So low self-esteem can distort reality in a way you might not be familiar with and can cause poor reactions or cause people to get triggered. People who are power grabbers, and there are people who are power grabbers, and they will frequently engage in activities that could be soul crushing because they're trying to make a power grab. And, you know, from their perspective, you know, if they, if they don't grab the power, you'll take it or it will go somewhere else. They're, they're operating from a scarcity mentality a very different mentality than I have with respect to power, but power grabbers can be very susceptible to engaging in soul-crushing activities. People who are prone to the green-eyed monster, aka envy, jealousy, resentment, will often have a motive for soul-crushing activities, statements, and behaviors because they are, number one, lacking in self-awareness, possibly also rational thinking and emotional intelligence, and and they act out of their jealousy, resentment, envy, whatnot, and are completely unaware. And by the way, when people act out of the green-eyed monster, they frequently, in my opinion, just fling themselves under the bus. They don't need to be pushed. They just throw themselves under the bus, and that podcast might be helpful for sure. Narcissists, psychopaths, sociopaths, and a few other mental health issues are absolutely, in my humble opinion, going to be engaged in soul-crushing activities because that's what they do. That they, they are hollow, they are empty, they, have, they are very deeply damaged, and they will, in my opinion, 
without fail engage in soul crushing activities, which is one thing that makes them so dangerous. And I don't want you to be fooled. I don't want you thinking that, oh, if someone is a soul crusher, they couldn't be meek or they couldn't be quiet or they couldn't be docile or they couldn't be introverted. Soul crushers come in all forms and all shapes and in all environments. And sometimes when it comes out that someone has engaged in really horrible behavior, their public persona is this meek, quiet, docile little woman or this quiet, unassuming, charming man. And, and that's not at all who they actually are. And that's not exactly in any way what they do. So I do not want you to have this idea that there's this personality profile that would be outgoing and gregarious or, you know, no, no, there's just no profile. Those people will come across in all shapes and walks and forms in life. Now, this idea of having your soul crushed happens without question at work. I'm just not going to get into it. I had a little, I had a long example. I'm just going to cut that out because I think most people who work long enough have know what I'm talking about. And I want to dive in briefly on this issue with parents because in my humble opinion, parents and siblings are probably most likely, in my opinion, based on the research, we have the trauma research, we have the adverse childhood experiences research, we have the research on the high percentage of young people who are being bullied and mistreated by their sibling, it's my assertion and my belief that a huge amount of soul crushing is being done in families. So what are the things that a parent would say or could say? Oh, well, let me give you some actual examples of things parents have said that are literally just soul crushing. So, and these are things, by the way, that I know, these are not from my family. These are things that I know parents said to someone I met from a speaking engagement or someone that I knew from a club or association or however I knew them. These are things that people told me over, over many years that their parent said to them. So something like, I wish you were never born. My life was so much better before you were born. You'll never amount to anything. Oh, it's too bad you're not as good as fill in the blank, your sister, your brother, your neighbor, whatever. And can't you do anything right? Or just as bad. This may seem innocuous, but this is not innocuous to a child. When a parent says to the child, oh, you talk too much. I mean, I had a child say to me one time, do I talk too much? And I thought, oh, my heavens, no. Why would you ever even think that? Why, why would that thought come to your mind? Oh, because my father said that to me. No, that's not true. So there we have parents who will not allow their children growing up to have friends. I do know people, that's plural, who were not allowed to have friends growing up then I blow into a new town and I'm creating, helping my kids create a party, a mystery party, so they can meet young people their age. 
and I started a gavel club so they could make friends. And to someone who was observing this, they were doing the opposite for their child. Their child wasn't allowed to have people over, weren't allowed to go to parties, weren't allowed to have parties. And they were kind of very condemning and critical of me, of course. And I just said, well, you know what? This is what I believe is important and valuable for my children. So I'm the mother and I'm going to do what I believe is best for my children, which is for them to have friends. You can do whatever you want to do. That's your business. But this is my business. And if I want to spend money on a party or I am willing to create a gavel club for my children, that's my business. And, you know, kind of like felt really bad for their child. But we have parents who are psychopaths who get to blow up a family. Oh, the worst ones blow up two families, cause all kind of trauma and drama and abandon their children. I mean, it's just really soul-crushing activities going on and on and on that we're not interrupting. So families and parents are one big area where this happens and it's under the cover of darkness. It's like there's a shroud of secrecy that we're not talking about. But all of those statements like, I wish you were never born. I mean, when people tell me these things, it just breaks my heart. So families, parents, siblings. Now, another area where, and so if you've, you've had that experience growing up, whether you're young now or you're old now or you're somewhere in between, this is something you can recover from. Nothing has to ruin your life and nothing has to damage you beyond repair. I promise you, healing comes in all kinds of ways. And if you stick with the program, you can have lots of love and greatness and have an amazing life, even if you had a very traumatic childhood, even if your adverse childhood experiences score is three or four or more, you can still have an amazing life. Stick with me. I'll show you how because I know about this stuff. So families and siblings and other relatives. It's not just parents and siblings. So domestic abuse is the next category where we find a great deal of soul-crushing activities. And according to the research, up to 25% of women and roughly 11% of men will experience violence at the hands of an intimate partner. And this is according to the domestic violence websites. Now, so we have 25% of women and 11% of men that, that has, have domestic abuse, which includes violence. But we people, we do have X amount of people who are in domestic abuse marriages, relationships, and situations without the violence. What is that number? I do not know what that number is because people keep that on the low down. But it's a number, and I suspect it is way higher than anyone would want to admit to. It's just so we have people who, and if you're in a domestic abuse situation, it may not be wise for you to let people know because those people who are abusers can turn out and are usually or frequently dangerous. Like, they're the ones who will falsely accuse you of kidnapping. They're the ones who will falsely accuse you of this, engage in smear campaigns, steal all your money. These people are 
not good. They're not good. So part of domestic abuse, though, is power and control. And crushing someone's soul is, is part of that, from my opinion, from the research and my experience. Now, if you happen to be in a domestic abuse situation, listening to this podcast, I do have other podcasts to help you. But what is going to help you, bar none, without question, is for you to create your own journey for growth and development. Because when you have mental and emotional fitness, the the abusive tactics, the abuse, the name calling, the belittling, the economic all the economic abuse, all of these horrible things will not have the same impact on you. It will be hard, it will be extremely painful, it will be horrible, like no question. But it won't take your soul, it won't take your light. It will it will be hard, but you can get through it. And my request is if you're in a domestic abuse situation with the violence or without the violence, that you really put yourself on this amazing journey to have your life spiral upward and understand that people, the person you got connected with probably was a predator and picked you because you have light or because you're happy. So I do have other podcasts to help you, but domestic abuse absence of violence is a huge place where soul crushing activities are happening. And of course, Domestic abuse with the violence is clearly also where soul-crushing activities will will be happening and are going on, tragically. Now, the next piece of this podcast is about you dealing with your emotions. Well, we as a society, in my experience, well, we know from the research that we don't have a high percentage of the population with high levels of emotional intelligence. So that's a research piece that says, well, we don't have tons of people who know how to manage and process their emotions. You as an individual, no matter what happens to you, the best thing for you as a human being is to learn the skill about how to manage and process your emotions. Now I will say, if it's something good, like you got a uh, a bonus check at work or you met the love of your life or you know on the lottery or you know something good happened most people don't need any support with the positive emotions <laughs> that seems to be pretty easy that seems to be not where people get stuck but this soul crushers activities that crush your soul This is dealing with the difficult emotions, and this is problematic and where people get hung up. So the best thing for you to understand is this is a skill. If you learn it, you will have it for the rest of your life. It will help you be mentally and emotionally fit, and it will be protective for you from soul-crushing activities. Because part of soul-crushing activities is really kind of a mind blank or a, you know, playing games to get you to feel bad or to take something from you or what have you. So the more you grow your emotional abilities, this is a protective mechanism for you, I promise. Now, 
I recently, I think just yesterday, put up on my website my own diagram and word text on how I manage and process my emotions, which is not something that I've ever been trained in, so I haven't been trained in it, nor have I read anything on it. And so, so it's a bold step, and I am warning you that this is my diagram and text on how to manage and process your emotions if you want to do it the way I do it. Now, that being said, I have looked on the internet. I have looked in PubMed. I haven't been able to find the instructions for managing and processing your emotions. What are those individual pieces? So I did put up, it's on my website under the Newsweek logo, a downloadable diagram with word text to explain it. And now, having done that, <laughs> yesterday afternoon, I realized, oh my heavens, I missed a piece. So I am going to change my diagram and, ch and add the, the missing piece. And I was kind of chuckling this morning, kind of like, ah. And laughing because to come up with the diagram and the corresponding word descriptions of, of what I do, I basically had to deconstruct an automatic process that I've done forever that nobody taught me, that I don't know how I learned, I don't know how it, how it happened, but it's an automatic process for me that I not even, I mean, I'm conscious of it sometimes when I'm dealing with um, something painful. And that's what happened yesterday. I thought, oh, I should really be very mindful and pay really close attention to how I'm processing this pain and see then, did I do I have everything covered in my diagram? So I started to make some notes because, of course, if this really has never been written about the way I write about it and the way I've diagrammed it, then we really need to bring this out into the world. And I can't find it, so I'm not that bad at research, people. I'm, I'm decent at research. In fact, my research saved the life of someone I love, so I can't be all that bad. So hopefully by next week sometime, we'll have an upgraded diagram and corresponding text. And, it's, and I just have to say, it's very difficult to deconstruct something you were never taught, you never read about, you never learned about, and you do well, you just don't know how you do it, and you just, it's so automatic. So there will be a new diagram and word text coming, but this is something for you to begin to learn. And you can print out the diagram, and if something bad, usually it's something bad, something negative, something hurtful, something, you know, whatever. And you can kind of like, go through the circles on the diagram and look at the cor corresponding text and kind of fill in the blanks. So that's that's the idea. But you take you take full liability if you use it for yourself. I'm sharing this is what I do. This is what works for me. And if you use it, it's it's on you. All right, the next piece for this podcast is what I'm calling misperceptions, irrational thinking, aka a wounded perspective. We have people, in my opinion and my experience, not only coaching people, but out in the world and all these presentations I've given and the people I've talked to out in the world, 
where they have certain trait combinations that, in my opinion, lead them to have misperceptions that are really off base. So I want to touch on this because sometimes some of these people will say, well, you know, my child crushed my soul or this person crushed my soul. And then we engage in a conversation. So the traits that most likely contribute to this, in my opinion, are low self-esteem, irrational thinking, and low emotional abilities. Those three traits together, which, by the way, often come with, not always, but often, irrational thinking comes with, or low self-esteem comes with, what I call the negative thinking pack, P-A-C-K. By the way, negative thinking pack is a made-up term. So I apologize, I'm making up terms, but these things make sense to me. Like if we know that negative thinking is usually in combination with catastrophizing, overthinking, ruminating, brooding, why do we not just put it together? You know, and then people will just make sense to me. But anyway, so you have someone who has low self-esteem, irrational thinking, and low emotional abilities. And then they have the, they may or may not have the negative thinking pack, but they come to a conclusion that they're, that someone has crushed their soul and they feel crushed when someone who has standalone self-esteem, rational thinking, and uh, emotional abilities would never feel crushed, would never even think that it was an attempt to be soul crushing. Like, like it's completely polar opposite conclusions for the same situation or event. And it's exacerbated if you have the negative thinking pack, you know, the negative thinking, catastrophizing, overthinking, brooding, ruminating, and so on. Now, the other thing that will exacerbate this in my experience is people who have unreasonable expectations or they have a lack of knowledge or a lack of wisdom, or they don't understand some very basic psychology. So all of that is the perfect storm because sometimes people, parents will get upset with their child feeling like their child has crushed me. My child has crushed me. And when we untangle it, here's what really happened. The parent doesn't understand that a three-year-old or a seven-year-old or a 15-year-old or what have you is doing what's age appropriate and doing what's developmentally appropriate. Like children have these different stages of development from birth to adulthood and they're learning different things and testing boundaries and growing and needing to feel autonomous. There are all these different aspects of a child moving from birth to adulthood and some parents have completely misguided ideas or expectations about their child whether it's a young child or a teenager and and so when I am in a discussion with someone I will say hmm that's interesting because that really from my knowledge from my limited knowledge of childhood development, that seems very age appropriate. That seems like very, very age appropriate. And if a parent doesn't understand the different 
pieces of development for a child moving from birth to adulthood, they might go, oh, really? Well, yes, teenagers are developing a sense of autonomy, a sense of independence. They, sh they should be doing certain things, and, and you're not used to that because they're not five anymore. So we have sometimes a lack of knowledge, and sometimes we have unrealistic expectations that parents have because there's just certain things. So we have people who I will call brittle or emotionally fragile. And those people, whether they, and usually they have low self-esteem, irrational thinking, low emotional abilities. They may have other things as well, particularly the negative thinking path. And they are much more likely to have this off-base misperception that their child or their neighbor or their spouse or their coworker or whomever has done this soul-crushing, terrible thing to them when someone who's really emotionally and mentally fit is shaking their head thinking, how did they come, how did they arrive at that conclusion? It's a mismatch and, you, and it doesn't make sense. Well, of course it wouldn't make sense if they're irrational. Now the next piece under this misperceptions and irrational thinking, aka wounded perspective, I have to include because it can contribute to soul-crushing events, which is the gang mentality. Now I recently talked about, yesterday actually, uh, the gang mentality in my podcast called It's Contagious because the gang mentality can be contagious. Hopefully it's contagious in a good way like love and affection, appreciation, kindness, generosity, compassion. However, if you have a gang of coworkers or a gang at the neighborhood association or you know a group of people and they all share a similar trait, say for example, low self-esteem, and you have standalone healthy self-esteem, the group, the gang is going to treat you differently and, and think you're wrong and make you feel like you're wrong. They have a warped perception or they're looking through the lens of low self-esteem and frequently through the lens of irrational thinking, by the way, because low self-esteem and irrational thinking frequently travel together according to the research. And so it would behoove you to understand the gang mentality if it if it's happening wherever it's happening, if you have healthy self-esteem and healthy um, rational thinking and emotional intelligence, you're not going to fit in and they could gang up on you saying, well, you're not, you're not well, you're not mentally well. Meanwhile, they're actually the ones who are mentally unfit and unwell. And there was this episode or this TV reality show and I, I still so deeply, deeply upset about how one participant was treated by a, by the gang. Like it was a whole gang mentality. The next piece of this is if someone's engaging in activities to crush your soul is to ask yourself whether they're a good person or a bad person. Is this a pattern of behavior? Is there a history of this type of behavior? Is there a history to what's happening? Because it could be in some instances that someone behaves badly because you are their safe person. 
And if you're unfamiliar with the whole idea of of you being a safe person for another, I would invite you to listen to my podcast titled When You Are the Safe Person because there can be some pretty hard things <laughs> associated with being the safe person. In my opinion, as someone who's been the safe person my whole life for a variety of people, people will sometimes act badly when you're the safe person because they know you are the one who loves them. You are the safe person. You will continue to love them. And so sometimes they engage in things that aren't so good. So, you know, good people make mistakes, people. I mean, I'm, I'm the mistake channel here. I want, I want the freedom to be able to make mistakes, get it wrong, apologize, clean it up, and and. I want people to have the same opportunity. If you are someone who wants to have everything be perfect, go right ahead and good luck with that. But you do want to look at, is there a pattern and is this abuse? Because we do not, I do not ever suggest that you tolerate abuse. I mean, you might have to tolerate abuse if you're in a domestic abuse situation because you're likely trapped or you feel trapped or probably are trapped and you have to work an escape plan and get out of that eventually. But look at the pattern. Is there a pattern? Are they a good person? Are they bad? Are they a psychopath, narcissist or whatnot? Whatever you do, my next section is please do not blame yourself. If you have the unfortunate circumstance of having a soul crushing experience, I am requesting specifically that you do not beat yourself up. You can beat yourself up. I just don't I just don't recommend that people. Like it doesn't feel good. And when you move from low self-esteem to healthy stand alone self-esteem, that's a made up term, meaning you feel good, worthy, deserving, lovable and and good enough separate from your circumstances, your finances, your money, roles, all that stuff you will not want to beat yourself up because you know, you will know you are doing the best that you can. Why would you beat yourself up if you're doing the best you can? I don't know. Well, it could be because you have an inner critic that you haven't tamed. That could be speaking. So what is your best weapon against soul crushers? Well, your best weapon or your best defense against people who are soul crushers is to get your mental and emotional fitness house in order. You go to the gym to exercise your physical body. Your mental and emotional fitness will protect you. might not completely protect you, but it's protective. I promise you it's protective. I mean, people have been trying to take me down my entire life, and this is one of the things that kept me in the game was my mental and emotional fitness. So I'm talking about you going on this amazing, fun, playful journey to grow whatever areas you need to grow. I don't know what you need to grow. You might need to deal with a cognitive distortion and move towards rational thinking. That's possible. And you can make this wildly fun. I mean, I I'm a fan of fun. I'm a fan of play, even in my business meetings, by the way. 
Because why why be so serious? You can be productive. You can be very productive and have a lot of fun. And so why not have fun and be productive? So get your mental and emotional fitness in order. And everything that I talk about in my podcast will help you. I basically have a library set up for you. Rational thinking, feeling good about yourself, which I'm now made of term is standalone self-esteem, having love, affection, and happiness in your life. And I'm not talking about happiness that's attached to all of your money, your circumstances, your job, where you live. That's one kind of happiness. But I would have had a pretty unhappy life if all the happiness I ever had was attached to my circumstances, because I've had a lot of trauma. I believe in having happiness something that you generate on your own, separate from your circumstances, separate from different things in life. And I have plenty of materials about that. Having strong coping mechanisms, empowering attitudes, beliefs, you know, having really good people in your life, having your own character and integrity in order. There's so many things that will help you in particular if you're prone to negative thinking learning to control your mind will be very very helpful so i have a few last suggestions for you to help you protect your soul you do not want to have your soul crushed i i haven't had my soul crushed i've had some near misses (laughs) um i'm laughing about it's not funny but ha ha, I didn't get my soul crushed. Ha ha, I win. I mean, that's my attitude. Uh, so number one, at some point, if you've had an experience that was in the soul crushing genre, my recommendation would be that you bring forgiveness to the, to the table and forgive them. That is not for them. That's for you. You get all the power if you forgive someone. And if you don't, if you're not willing to forgive someone, then you're not willing. You can carry a grudge for the rest of your life, but you might as well, you know, put a 10 pound weight in a little wagon because you're going to be dragging that behind you all of your life. Forgiveness will give you freedom and power. Number two, get a buddy, a team together and have this be the most fun you've had since you were either young or in college or whenever. Like, you could have this be the most spectacular journey, spectacular. And if you do not know enough people to build a team, go find them, put up a sign, you know, go on social media. There are plenty of people who would love to have an amazing, miraculous, fun life. So my request is take people with you, but have it be joyous and really fun. Name your team. You could be after a movie or a show. You could have any kind of theme. Definitely have events. Definitely have parties. Definitely have prizes because that's the fun stuff, people. My next suggestion is that you have your own personal reward system. Yes. Oh my gosh, yes. I just ordered a little reward for myself. I'm pretty self-disciplined, so I frequently don't take rewards. I, I earn them, but I don't take them. And I did just order a reward for myself. Uh, I think it was over the weekend. And I'm very excited it'll come. And it's just a little symbol 
that, hey, look at my progress, look at me. And I don't mean let, like look at me to other people, but to myself. Rewards really are for you to see your own progress and accomplishments. And I do have an article on Newsweek.com about having a reward system, which is about leveling up like gamers do. It's very powerful. So have a reward system. My next suggestion is grow your emotions to be a superpower. I can't say enough about the value of being able to deal with the difficult emotions. That's extremely powerful. And my website, the downloadable diagram and word text will help you knowing that it will be upgraded next week in the next week or so. So grow your emotions to be a superpower. And there are plenty of all of my podcasts will mostly help you with that. But there's books on emotional intelligence, you know, make emotional intelligence, which is the umbrella term for all the little pieces that go together. Have it be one of your goals. Now, my next suggestion is that you make sure you have rational thinking. You do not want to have distorted or flawed or inaccurate thinking because that's not helpful. And if you discover you have a cognitive distortion, you don't need to think, oh, woe is me, there's something wrong with me. See, I knew there was something wrong with me. No, no, knock that off. You simply say, oh, well, how about that? I never knew I had a cognitive distortion. Let's get in under, get in underneath that and figure out how to move away from that because there are ways to deal with cognitive distortions. My next suggestion is make sure you have love and affection, being well-loved and happiness as goals in your life and then go after that. I also recommend that you begin if you're not already, but you begin to let in, allow, and understand you are already good enough. You're good enough. Even if people tell you you're not good enough, you're worthy, you're deserving, you're good enough, you are lovable already, just the way you are. And I'm going to tell you, I was thinking about this earlier when I was walking my dog. I mean, I have had a lifetime of people telling me I am not good enough, like to my face. Even one time someone said to me, well, you know, your, pr- your praying isn't good enough. And I thought to myself, oh my gosh, you've got to be kidding me. And I said to them, did you just tell me that the way I pray is not good enough? And they were like, well, yes. And I thought, oh, please. So I've had a lifetime of people telling me to my face, I am not good enough and I won't have it. I will not allow that. I mean, I can't stop someone from saying that. It's like you can't control other people, but you can control the impact that has on you. And I'm not buying it. I haven't bought it since the beginning. I'm not buying it now. I don't care who says it. I know I'm good enough. Even if 20 people tell me, oh, you're not good enough. Well, that's too bad for you. So know for yourself, for you, you are good enough. That doesn't mean you're perfect. I'm not trying to be perfect, and I don't recommend perfectionism in any form. But know that as you are right now, with all of your imperfections and the things that you could work on, you're good enough. And then just make your life magical. My next suggestion is one of my rules that I didn't realize everybody didn't have. (laughs) 
or I probably would have been saying it from the first podcast I ever made, but I'm discovering I have these rules and ways of living that not everybody has. So who knew? So my one rule, one of my rules is I don't let anyone or anything ruin my life. That's a rule I suggest you consider. Don't let anyone else or anything else ruin your life. I actually said to somebody, oh yeah, if my life is ever ruined, I'm going to be the one doing the ruining. Like if my life gets ruined, it will be by my own hands. I'm not letting somebody else ruin my life. Why would I do that? Oh yes, people have tried. Oh yes, we know they've tried, but they didn't win because I won't let it. I won't let that happen. My next suggestion is that if you've had a soul crushing experience or many, like some of us, and whether your soul got crushed or not, guess what? You can still have an amazing and miraculous and wonderful life despite any number of traumas, despite any number of hardships, despite anything. So just go for it. Go full out. Go for it. All right, here's your takeaways. It's time to recognize that there are certain things that happen in life that can crush your soul. And it's also time to recognize that by getting on the road to your mental and emotional fitness and going on a delicious journey, you can protect yourself to some degree or a very large degree from soul crushing BS and take people with you. I hope you'll share this podcast on social media. That's it for now. I'm Lisa Lundy saying thank you for listening to my Love Life podcast, episode number 121, Soul Crushers. I certainly hope if you've had your soul crushed, you are going to get back on the road to having an amazing life and that this podcast has given you some new insights on this painful situation. Please subscribe so you get the new podcast automatically and definitely share this podcast on social media to help other people because this is a common problem. Uh, Visit my website, enter my giveaway, hang in there for now. Take care. I love you. That's all.